what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on TheMesh.TV. My name is Alan Jackson, and with me is my brother, my brother in tech, Brian Jackson. Brian, how are you today? You know what? I am doing well, Alan. I, I think I'm a little better than you. Now, we are we are recording late in the evening here, and you know, you are on the East Coast, and it's late yeah. for you. Uh, I mean, it's probably not late for you. You tend to work at this time of night, but... I do. I it's do. A chip, I'm a little chippier right now, I think. So I'm just going to really? throw it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, you know, By chippier, okay. you mean you're going to be, what, what does that mean? Angrier? Does that mean no, you're going to be? No, I, th- I think I just, you know, I've got a little more energy going on right now. Oh, and great. yeah. Yeah. Good. Now, I mean, the problem is, you know, I, for those who've been listening, our last whole entire series was pretty much dominated by me. So I really could take a nap right now and let you kind of take over, but I'm, you know, I'm a kind of concerned, you know, I want to make sure that I keep this thing going. So you want to make sure the quality stays at a certain level. <laughs> well, I, you know, I have a, I have a quality control thing going on here, Alan. So I, I just want to make sure that you take this thing in the right direction. And, uh, and if I feel good about it, you know, then uh, I'll start doing some crossword puzzles over here. So Brian, I, I, I feel like we're going to be able to live up to your your quality standards. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're going to reach my bar. <laughs> I think we'll be able to reach that bar because we're talking about something fun today that um, yeah. is kind of it, it actually. Is, what, what's cool about this is this is something I think you and I are still exploring more ways right. to use this. So this is kind of an emerging topic for us, and it is a topic of home automation. We're going to be talking about home automation using technology in your home or family environment. Um, but before we get into that, let's just back up and remind everybody why we're even here. What is the show Brothers in Tech? This is a show where Brian and I get together on a weekly basis and we talk about technology, but we talk about it from really a home and family perspective. So we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about business applications of technology. We may dabble in that from time to time, but really we're talking things that are practical use of technology in your home or family. And it's really uh, trying to serve as that, that go-to IT person in your family. Uh, maybe you are that person or maybe you are the person calling that person. But we want everybody to be uh, a little more knowledgeable and self-sufficient when it comes to deciding how to use technology in your home or with your family. So yeah, that's what brothers really- this is really everybody, everybody's podcast, Alan. I mean, you know, everybody fits under one of those two yeah, banners. I believe. I mean, you we, know, you're either you're either getting calls asking tech questions, or you're the one making calls about tech questions. It's one of the two, right? Yeah, we're really helping the general, the general, you know, population, uh, you know, in terms of their technology use. So then, fine. This show's for everybody. I think okay? it's for everybody. You know everything I just said, yeah. it's for everybody. Yeah. All right, <laughs> and we're going to talk home automation, which. I will say, Brian, is something I probably get a lot more questions about yeah. uh, from people looking for advice than probably any of the other topics we've talked about. Um, I, you know, when we talked about photography and videography, I, I do get questions about those, but that's very, there is very specific for me in my industry. Yeah. This is a topic that I just get questions from everybody. Oh, so have you done anything with automating your lights or, or how do you make it to where you can use a smart thermometer and all that? I get that a lot. So this is a, I think this is a very broad open topic and kind of happy to be getting into it. Um, home automation. When we talk about home automation, that's really what we're going to do in the first episode is talk about really the overview and what is it and some things and, and ideas to keep in mind. If you want to jump in this, into this topic, um, let's talk about first what what is when we say home automation. What exactly is it we're talking about? You know, what is this idea of automation when you hear that? Is that robots running around the house doing things, or you know, what are we talking about, Brian? Yeah, well, robots running around the house sounds robots, good. sounds good to me. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so our recommendation, everybody, is if you want to get, get a robot, get a robot, and that should pretty much take care of it. So yep. you're done. Episode okay. done. 
No, I well, think, let's, say, let's say you can't get a robot. Okay, okay. okay. All a right. robot is not available. Okay, Where do you so put us in that dreamland of not having a robot? Okay, no um, robot. yeah, you know, I, I you know, we talked a little bit about it in our and our amazing preparation for this episode. You know, as we do, just the hours and hours that you and I prep for this, the, the uh, weekend retreat we have where we do whiteboarding and right. we like plot out every episode in right. advance. We do a lot of workshopping, you know, and a lot of, uh, um, yeah. I th- to me, to me, home automation, and it's not a new thing, right? I mean, it's something that's been around for quite a while, but home automation is, you know, how do we get things to happen automatically as opposed to us needing to remember to do them or manually making them happen? How can we get things to, uh, to happen based on a behavior or based on a time of the day or based on some kind of combination of things, right? How can we make our lives, hopefully, a little bit more efficient and a little uh, kind of easier uh, to to be able to uh, make certain you know certain things occur, right? If I want to to make it so that there's a task that I do every single day at the exact same time of the day, and it takes effort and energy from me, and potentially takes away some of my time, is there a way that I can make that happen automatically? Given that it's something that happens on a repetitive basis anyway, so um, so I think it's you know simplifying hopefully uh in that you're you know putting a putting a uh, a trigger in place for something to occur that you don't have to continue to remember to do it um yeah. so and there's lots of reasons why you might want to do it uh sure. there's lots of opportunities for that now all right but let me just play devil's advocate sure. um we've had ways of automating things in our home for quite a while um we have timers you put on a lights on a, on a light, uh, in, in an outlet and yep. a little manual dial tile timer to say, I want this, uh, outlet to switch on at 7 PM and switch back off at 2 AM. Um, we've had that, you yep. know, we well, let, me ask you, Alan, let me, let me, let, let's, let's dig into that. Why did we do that? Like, what was the well, purpose the, of us buying the same that reason you described yeah. it's just, we were finding ourselves every single day having to go and flip on a light switch at 7 PM. Uh, and then remembering to turn it back off. And then if we're not in the house at 7 PM, the light doesn't come on, you know, beforehand. So that's what the little timer dials. That's what other things that helped kind of make things a little more automatic all came about. And they are the earliest forms of home automation. I mean, even those little dials, the little dials that you can hear, you know, turning slowly, like noise in the background behind a, a countertop where you've got a light that is home automation. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah. The difference like your, is, your sprinkler, right? Your sprinkler yep, probably sure. had the exact same thing. Maybe it's as simple as, Hey, I'm turning it on and I want it to turn off in five minutes. So yep. in case I don't remember to come back in five minutes, I want it to, to trigger off. Right. right. I mean, that's been around oh, at a, at a simple level for a long time. I, I think the big difference that kind of is why when we say home automation, we're maybe not thinking about some of those older ways of automating things in your home is I think the phrase is that it's home automation as opposed to individual task automation. Mm -hmm. Um, We're really talking about a process where you may have some of those same things happening. You may have a thing that is a timer for your light switches. You may have a water sprinkler set to turn on and off a certain time, but by using a newer, more technology-based platform for home automation, you are automating the home, meaning as a whole, all the elements inside of it and kind of managing how everything is happening without it being these separate processes or steps you have to go through to manage each one individually. Yep. Yeah. And I think just the, the fact of integration and expansion of those things. I mean, let's take the, the simple example you gave, right? You've got the manual timer that turns on at seven and turns off at 7 p.m., right? So on at 7 a.m., off at 7 p.m. So let's think what is it that we would like to be able to do to take that a little bit further? Well, if I've got it set every day from seven to seven, what happens when I'm out of town now? And do I still want that light turning on or not? Yeah. Right? right. Well, the beauty is nowadays home automation allows you to continue to do that and also change it when you're on the road yeah. and say, up oh, and now put it, turn it into this mode and this mode yeah. does this. And also, by the way, I happen to forget that that was on, or I forgot that my garage door is open. Let me get on my phone and actually close it from wherever I am. So yeah. extension well, me, me, allowed that. Yeah. 
Let me take that example even a little bit further. So yes, that's things you can do with a singular light. For me, when we talk about home automation, if I had six lights in my house that I wanted to be all on the same schedule, um, and then that same capability of if I'm not at the house and I wanted to change the time on when they came on to know that I could do it to all six at one time and have them all on the same schedule as opposed to manually going into each individual one and having to make those changes. So, so you, both the possibility you, of options and then it's also expandability to other devices that will follow those same rules. So you wouldn't just you wouldn't just plug an extension cord in and then daisy chain out the extension cord to all your other eight lights throughout the uh, the house. So you only have one one, one timer that then clicks it the, on. Uh, happens to the fire inspector that's planning on inspecting my house next week. No, I would never do that. Daisy chaining a a, a power strip off of another power strip. <laughs> No, Brian, that's crazy talk. Don't even mention that. I am in the process of selling our house. And yes, I am having inspectors come by. So all daisy chained power strip and extension cords are gone from the house okay. right now. Good for you, Alan. Good for you. Just to clear the air here on that. So. so you're in the market for some home automation, right? Uh, now that you're, you're having to get away from your daisy chaining. So, well, Brian, I, I tell you, the biggest thing, you know, I think. As we talk about, you know, why somebody would even want to consider automation, we talked about the the the, the ideas, the concepts. But let me just give you a real life example. This is this is the thing that made me say, I get it now. I get why home automation is necessary for my sanity. Um, you know, years and years ago, my wife and I in our first house, we we became that that family that started decorating the house for Christmas season. And part of that included putting one of those little battery operator, not battery, um, power cord operated candles in each window of our house, oh, which God. I think is a really cool look. I love that. I love that whole single white light in every every window when you drive by the house. But, but it didn't hit me until I actually started doing it. It's like, wow, this is a pain because if you have 12 windows with a light in them, that means every single night at whatever time you got to run through the house and plug up all 12 lights. And then before you go to bed, if you want your lights off, you got to go unplug all 12 lights and uh, at the same time. So not only is it the manual plugging and unplugging of a light, which is annoying in itself, it's the having to do it 12 different lights is what's killing me. So to me, Christmas lights are like the ideal case study of why home automation is important because you could have all 12 of those lights plugged into a device or an outlet, a smart plug that is able to be controlled by your phone. You can put them all in a group and say, yep, all 12 of these lights are in the same group. And I want this group to turn on at 7 p.m. and turn back off at 2 a.m. And then if you change the time, it changes it for all 12 of them. And you never have to worry about it again, in theory. So yep. that's that to me is the, pen, that is the perfect case study I tell people when we talk about home automation and what it can do. Yep. yep. Literally, I did the math to figure out how much time I saved every night <laughs> by doing this. You know, it was only maybe a couple minutes, you know, uh, each round. But then you start adding that up the whole season of November and December. These things are running. And it was hours of time over time that I was saving. So that makes it worth it to me. Well, and especially given that I know that you tend to leave your Christmas lights up until like July. So, you know, I mean, that's that's like six months worth of turning on and off. We just, we just, we just, we still have them all hooked up. Oh, you just don't turn them on. Yeah. So it's it's a six month process of turning them on, but then the other six, you you leave them off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, life's too short to hook and unhook up lights. So (laughs) just leave them up. Just leave them running. Um, No, I think, I think you're right. I mean, that's a, that's a classic example, Alan. If you've got not only one thing, that you have to do repetitively, but you have multiple things to do repetitively. Yeah. Now everything yeah. starts to um, grow exponentially in terms of your time, your energy. Yeah. And, I, and I'll even throw one more wrinkle into that, right? I mean, most of us, when we grew up, uh, the the Christmas lights were not probably as uh, safe as they are now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it used to be that, you remember, you would drive away from the house and someone would say, <laughs> Who t- did they may turn the Christmas light, a Christmas tree off, right? You'd have to turn around, go back. So there's a safety issue, right? That comes along too, that not only is it saving you time, but is it possible that it could 
you know, keep you from worrying about something? Is it possible that it allows you to do something from another location so you don't have to waste time driving back? Um, is it possible that you could just confirm, right? Could you look at your phone and say, oh, lights are on, let me turn them off, as opposed to um, needing to, to stress about it? So I think there's a safety issue that can really be uh, helped with this. Um, and I think that's another kind of important feature that we need to, to keep in mind as we as we look through the, the automation, right? So we've got efficiency, saving yourself time and energy. Okay. We've got safety, potentially doing something that's going to um, kind of make you feel more safe or allow your you know your your home to be in a, a safer position. I mean, a, a good example of that; those have been around forever too, right? Motion sensor lights. Yep. You know, a lot of us have those on the outside of our yeah, house that, true. you know, lights mm-hmm. off. But if anybody walks by, I want it to turn on so that you don't trip on, you know, the, yeah. the sidewalk. Well, that's been around forever. But now the beauty is you could actually have that sensor triggered by multiple things. Turn on yeah. when you want it turned on. Turn on by voice. Turn on when uh, making sure that it doesn't continue to go on when you're not home or vice versa. Right. So, Or, you know, just a simple thing is like, look, I don't need the motion light to come on during the daytime. So when it starts getting darker later at night, I want to change it to where the motion sensor light only comes on when it's dark. So I'm going to switch it to this time or, right. or, or whatever it may be. Um, yeah, absolutely. And again, Somebody may be listening to this and saying, man, trying just going up and changing the timer on a single light bulb on the outside of your house that's motion activated doesn't seem like a big deal. And I agree, for one light, for one task, it's not a big deal. But if you had six motion lights around the corners of your house that you wanted to have all consistently work in the same way, that's when you start to understand home automation kind of kicking in and being a little more helpful there too. Yep, yep. yep. And if, you know, as you mentioned, if several things need to potentially happen, yeah. you know, so not again, not just that you needed to turn those six lights on doing the same thing, but maybe you had lights, plus you had a sprinkler, plus you had these other things that potentially needed to happen. And they generally happen together. Um, you might try to start to work those things together. And that's where I've started to get excited about some chaining together of activities that generally happen at the same time, um, which again, takes a lot of time and effort with old school uh, automation, right? A lot of timers that are, you know, tweaked together. So So Alan, would it be fair to say that kind of the, that we could think about kind of the categories of how we look into this about, we talked about efficiency, Mm -hmm. talked about safety, Right. I think there's one more big one that I think is kind of out there that, that you and I, uh, I know we're going to get into a little later. But what about the, you know, knowing that someone is outside my front door? What about the fact that someone yeah. opened up the window? You know, uh, what about a real troop security? We're talking yeah. security there. Just yeah. uh, and not well, safety is more of a checkpoint, making sure things are under control, make sure things are not. Um, on fire, making sure things are not, you know, water spilling, other things like that. Security, we're talking about more for your own person or your belongings. Yep. And yeah, I mean, a security system, you know, I've had a security system in our house since I think the first house I moved into back in the late, in the mid nineties. And, you know, so again, that's another form of home automation that's been around for a while because it's yep. an idea of you've got these multiple sensors around your house. Uh, doors or windows all working together. Maybe there's a motion sensor in your house working with it. Nowadays, there's cameras you can install as part of a security system. So those are all forms of home automation. And um, again, if something were to happen, it knows to notify you and it's going to also possibly call the police if you're so programmed to do that. So that does work. The difference we're seeing now with security is when we'll talk about in one of the deep dives a little more specifically is just with the power of the internet and the power of connectivity to other things, you know, you could be checking your home security system on your phone. You could be looking in on your security camera from your phone or computer from another location. Um, yeah. You can have other things triggered to happen if the alarm was to go off other than just calling the police. So that's when it gets interesting when we talk about security. And I think we'll have a lot to cover in kind of that future deep dive episode on that one too. Well, Alan, what do you say? What- so let's let's take it from the perspective of someone thinking about getting into automation, right? I mean, because I think you and I, mm-hmm. you already mentioned, you and I are actually pretty 
we're pretty young in the automation world, right? Neither one of us has truly bought in fully. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, how about we take our approaches right now? Like what level of automation we both have or what little levels of automation we're using? And then maybe let's, let's think about, well, what are the questions that we need to ask in order to determine if we need to get into automation a little bit more? So, Alan, what, what kind of automation do you use? Do you use any at all right now? I do, but it's very light. And that, that's the thing that I think that's interesting with this topic is I've got big ideas of other things to do in the house that would require automation. And I think there's some cool ideas out there, but I always have to kind of keep myself in check because I do think this is something people are going to run into as a question mark is what, what's your real purpose for automating things in your home? Um, if it's because it truly does solve a need, it really does save a, 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 a significant amount of time over, over a long period of time or you do feel like it amplifies the sense of safety and security you have, then those are all good reasons. But if you're doing it because it's cool, <laughs> you're doing it because it's neat. I mean, I'm not saying don't do it because of that reason. Just that may not be the reason you need to get into home automation. It may just be something you're tinkering with. So my, my experience with home automation is uh, I do have a lot of lights in our house that are automated. Uh, we like having lights in our house, certain ones that come on when it's darker like a hallway light and upstairs light, uh, just some nice lighting to have throughout the house at dark at, at night hours, but we don't want them staying on all night. You know, we want them shutting off after we go to bed. Um, and there's probably four or five of those lights that we like to have on come on. So we've got them all on smart plugs and timers to help us switch them on and off. And that's, that's a very basic use of home automation, but we, that's what we're doing. And then we have smart thermometers uh, to control our, our temperature that we can control the AC units from on the road. If we leave for a vacation and we forgot to turn the air, air conditioning unit down, we do it remotely or we switch it to a vacation mode. So that's, that's really the basics of what we have. It's really um, switches for lights. And then it's our, our thermostat. That's the two pieces of home automation we're currently using. Um, now at my office, um, I have a couple more in use, but I honestly, they're just for the cool factor. You know, I do have some lights in my office that will come on automatically when I geographically get close to the office. Um, nice. So the idea is that other people in my office, back when we had people all working together, um, would know if I'm arriving because the lights in my office would all just spring on. And that means I'm basically pulling into the parking lot, which I think is cool. It doesn't really save me a lot of time. It's honestly there because it's cool. And that one I'll mark up to, yes, it doesn't really serve a real purpose than just to say I can do it. So well, it sounds like it serves a purpose for your employees. <laughs> That's right. You know, you know right. they need to start working now. <laughs> oh, oh, crap. Here he is. Good, good. <laughs> let's, we, got let's, two uh, minutes. we got two minutes. Let's go. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Okay, so, you know, my my situation is not that different um, in that I have really started to get into the lights because I think that 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 is an easy way um, to start switching things over that gives you a lot of flexibility. It gives you a lot of things that you can do. Um, so what I think I have done maybe a little bit more than you have is that uh, I c- control a lot of those those things together with voice. So we've oh, got our right. we've got our house yeah. set up in a way that says, um, you know, and I'll 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 try to use. Say, don't say the commands out loud. Yeah, um, say a different a word. Let's just say Amazon. Right. So yeah. we know what we're talking about. So if I say Amazon, uh, get ready for bed. Okay. That's one of our automations that we have because every time that we're getting ready for bed, the outside light gets turned on the, um, <laughs> the very white music, the very white music comes on over the, the, uh, stereo system. Is that what happens though? Well, okay. I'm going to, I'm not going to tell you all of the automation things that are happening. Right. But I'll tell you the outside light comes on because we let our dog out before we go to bed every night, right? So the outside string lights that are outside, uh, because we don't have a switch for them inside, I have a spot outside for them. So that comes on 
uh, I have it tell it, it once once we do that, it also turns those lights on, turns the bedroom lights on because it knows that we're heading that direction. Uh, it'll turn the TV off. Yeah. And then it'll yeah. also say, let's go out Cooper, <laughs> you know, out loud, which is Cooper knows right around my dog. Cooper knows to hop yeah. up right away and run towards Hold the door. Up. Yeah. Let me, I need to back up on that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the, the A device yes. in your house, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't know why I can't say it. I mean, it, it can't hear me over there. <laughs> um, but that A device will actually say, let's go out Cooper or, or, or no. Yes. Really? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I plugged and that, in. That works, and that, that's good for everybody. Everybody's good with that. Would you like me to test it? Do you do you, do you doubt me? Because I have one right next to me. I can do it. I, I, I do see it? Cooper over in the corner. Is that Cooper over there on the uh, next down there? Uh, no. He's at my feet right now. He's at my feet. No, that's a that's a toy. That's one of his toys back there. So it's really dark in that corner yeah. a bit. I didn't know if that was him. Yeah. No. So you're saying if you were to say if you were to say the command, yep. let's go to bed. Yep. Then. All those lights switch off the way you just described, and the A device in your house is going to say out loud, Cooper, the dog, it's time to go out, right? Yes, correct. Okay. Would you like to hear it? You're, you're, you're tempted. And this is sure. freak my wife yeah. out, by the way, but let's let's go ahead and do that. All okay. right. Yep. Okay. Here we go. I should make sure. Alexa, get ready for bed. Okay, so I'm so she spoke to me from a different one, but she just said, "Let's go out, Cooper." So the okay. lights went on outside, lights went on in the bedroom, and it says, did, "Let's go out, Cooper." And did Cooper know it's time to go out? <laughs> he he's still sleeping because it went he's like it's other device. That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. He's I, like, I don't believe it. It's too early. <laughs> so. I spoke to this one, so let me try it one more time because she because I don't know why it answered from the other one. Oh, actually, mm-hmm. no. No, I take that back. I've set it up to speak from the kitchen one. So you can yeah. set it up to say, even if you speak to a different one, it's going to say the comment. You're designating which one it's going to play from yeah. all the time. So we have we have that, which I think is it's kind of a cool factor. It's not really needed, but you can go and put, you know, voice to come back. We have another one that when it's <laughs> we have another one that when it's time to actually go to sleep. So think about it this we've already said. Let's, you know, uh, let's get ready for bed. Lights went on. Right. And then we go and brush our teeth, whatever. We get to the bedroom and then I say, you know, good night. Right. Amazon. Good night. And then all the lights that were in the house now go off Mm -hmm. and she'll say, I'm trying to remember what she says. I think it's uh, uh, sleep tight Jackson's or something like that. Right. So we just or saying, you know, well, I, or anything. I can make that happen. But again, we're not going to, we're not going to go into all the things that I have her do, you know, because I think there, there's some things that I want to, don't want to discuss with my brother. I um, almost wonder, can you, can you take that automation and somehow package it and sell it? I mean, I think that would be kind of interesting for people to, to have that same automation process going some, on in their I house. Think there's some, some people that do that, right. They, they actually kind of promote their own automation scripts Scripting and things. automation. Yeah. Um, well, I'm in, I'm impressed, Brian. That's a lot more steps than than I I expected to hear from you. Yeah. And um, it has definitely put me to shame because really mine is just push a button and lights come on, <laughs> push a button, lights go off. Yeah. But um, but it is nice to see that there's. I think for people who who are looking at home automation, I guarantee many people don't think through knowing that there's steps like there's that little here are the sequence of things to do at this time or with this command. So I think most people think of home automation as, Oh, cool. I can tell my, my phone, Hey, turn off this light and it will turn it off. But the idea is that you can actually script it and say, no, when I say this phrase, do these six things. And that's where things get really, really, that's where we're way beyond what home automation used to be 20 years ago. And that, there's no way you could have tied these devices together um, like you can now. And that's yeah. really what makes things automated as opposed to just uh, little simple things to make life more efficient. Well, and that's where this can be a little bit of a rabbit hole, you know, that people can dive into because they can start getting really excited about all the other things that potentially uh, can happen. But, you know, yeah. for example, if I were to say, uh, Amazon, uh, good morning. Right. I have one set up that turns the TV on in the living room 
It turns the light on in the living room. Okay. It also starts to read the news, the daily news, right, out of the the kitchen um, uh, dot that we have. Now, that's one we'd rarely use because generally there's one person that gets up, the other person isn't up yet and all that issue, right? But those are the things that you think, okay, and if I was living by myself, there'd probably be a lot of these things that are just like, okay, this is something I do repetitively, right? The coffee starts at a certain time. The, uh, you know, I want the news to happen. I want the TV to come on when I get up in the morning. I mean, those are things that are kind of cool, whether you want to spend a lot of money to try to make them happen or whether right. you have a setup that's already there that you can start to build upon, I think is uh, is kind of fun, right? Now, do you need it? Does it actually save you a lot of energy of walking over and pressing the remote control to turn on the TV? No, right? But if you already had the other things that are saving you time and energy, like turning on the lights or like um, you know starting the news and all of that, well, then being able to tap some other things into it kind of makes it fun. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's the big question you ask yourself is, I mean, what, what are you gaining in home automation? Is it truly something to save time? Is it something to make things more efficient? Is it for that safety or security purposes? Or is it just, Hey, cause it's, cool. I think it'd be really cool to know that I can say this and these things will happen in my home. And again, I'm not going to knock that. I, I, I'm not going to say that's an invalid reason to do home automation. Brian, if you're getting into this for either any of those reasons, so let's talk just generally about what you kind of need, you know, or what, what are the elements that are involved in doing any form of home automation? Um, you know, every product, every device, everything you want to have, I mean, it's going to vary. We're not here to necessarily recommend specific ones, except when we get to our brothers and tech suggestion a little later, yeah. Yeah. but you know, there's so many different products out there between lights and uh, switches and thermostats and other devices that can all be connected um, as a home automation device. So obviously you're going to have your setup and kind of, you know, you purchasing these devices. If it's a one-time purchase, some of them may have a subscription attached to it. So you got to be mindful of that. Um, I would also say, Alan, think, think a lot about the, what the trigger is going to be. Like we already talked about it before, like the trigger that determines these things to happen, right? I mean, a motion sensor light, if all you care about is I want the light to turn on when anybody walks by, you don't need to spend a ton of money on things that can be controlled remotely and all of that, if that's all you really care about. But do think about, is that really all you need from that device? Because these days, it's not that much more expensive to do something that could actually be controlled via Wi-Fi versus something that's controlled via emotion right or they have some of the motion sensor lights now for the outdoors where if it detects motion it automatically it has a little camera on it and it automatically grabs footage of whatever it shows whenever the light comes on so the idea would be is if somebody's coming near your house you at least have a quick little video clip of what whoever that person was in case it was somebody you need to to report or uh, be aware of so yeah so i always always think about with automation kind of when i've talked to people about this before it's like, think about what kind of trigger you want. Do you want the trigger to be a time of the day? Do you want the trigger to be a an action that you do? Do you want the trigger to be a location that you're in? Do you want the trigger to be some sort of movement of other people? And if it's all the above, right, then of course there are, there are ways to make that happen. Um, yeah. But if it's not all the above and it's just one thing, like say, hey, I, I would really like to be notified if uh, my uh, my hot water heater springs a leak. Like if that's, if that is a big fear of yours and that is the only thing you really care about, well, there is a sensor for that, right? There is something that can do that particular thing, but then you got to think about what's the result that I want. So what's the trigger? What's the result is the result that I want a, an alarm. Okay. Yeah. We can make that happen, right? Those are, there's a maybe old, more old school, right? This happens, that alarm goes off. Or do you actually want it to notify you wherever you are? You know, do you want these things to happen? Um, so that no matter where you happen to be, who you happen to be with, what you happen to be doing, that there are other things that could happen to this. So, I mean, I, I just I would say that if if you have a need already and you've determined there's a need, start getting creative in terms of what you can do with that need. Because if you're already going to buy some sort of automation piece, um, yeah. you know, potentially buying one that then can be used with lots of other things, and I think that's what you brought up earlier: is yeah. integration is key. Right. Making sure that this can integrate with other things. So there's more. I will say that that's the biggest element for me is that 
I, I, um, we moved my son into a college dorm, you know, a, f- a few months ago and, you know, he, he wanted to buy some, some, um, automated lights or some light bulbs that he could change colors and change intensity and do all that. And, you know, he's a college kid on a college budget. So he, he went to Walmart and got the cheapest ones he could find that would do that. Yep. It's great. I mean, they work, but you got to have a separate app on your phone just for that light, those light bulbs. And it won't do anything else. So basically, uh, if he had something else he wanted to automate in his dorm room, he'd have to have another app to do a different function because they don't work together. And I mean, you can do that again. That's, 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 if, if that's a preference. And I think some of the cheaper Wi-Fi devices out there generally do have their own app or their own system and don't maybe always necessarily integrate with others very nicely. For me though, integration is the key because uh, I want to know that I can go to one place on my phone and say, here's all of my home devices that if I wanted to switch on this light and this light, and then I want to change my thermostat down two degrees. I'm doing it all here without having to hop into one app to do this light. And then I got to hop in this other app to do my thermostat. Then I've got to hop over here to do something else. So when we talk about integration, I mean, there really are, in my mind, and Brian, if tell me if I'm missing any, but I mean, it's three main integrated systems right now that are kind of the popular systems that your your home can be automated by. You've got Alexa, which is the Amazon, you know, uh, device uh, devices that they have throughout the house. Yeah, in my in my Amazon Echo just started talking. Yep. Um, but that's one. You know, that's any of these Amazon devices, Echoes, Echo Dots, whatever, can work together and also help trigger home automation. You can tie your devices in if they're meant to work with Alexa. Yep. You've got Google Home. Um, which is Google's platform. And, you know, you see that on devices that you buy at the store, a Wi-Fi device or a home automation device, it'll say works with Google home or works with Alexa or works with whatever. Um, and then Apple has HomeKit. That's, that's their, their setup. So really there are three competing standards. Luckily, most good products work with two or three of them. So yeah. You know, you got the idea that it's not a matter of you've got to completely pick one platform and you're locked in on that. There is a lot more flexibility now, but, but I have been burned a few times on getting some, some products and things and thinking they were going to work with my other devices to get them home and hook them up and find out, Oh, they're not home kit compatible. And I have to hook up some additional device just to make it work with my stuff. And then it becomes just a little more annoying. So, yeah. um, yeah, I would I would definitely think twice about something that did not did not specifically say it would work with at least one of those uh, platforms yeah. because Agreed. if it doesn't work with one of those platforms, it means they haven't gone through the process of connecting with who they know most people would like to use, and I think that's uh, that's concerning. So, and most of them will have it on the box; they'll have it specifically there as a little icon to say, yep. you know, very it's clear icon, yeah. yeah. So I think so I think I, you're right. I, I am a home kit. I am a home kit guy. I just I, I decided a couple of years ago that was the platform I wanted to go into. Uh, I haven't been a hundred percent happy with it. I've had some concerns about you know the home kit app or home app on the devices and some things I wish it did better. But overall, I feel like that's that's the platform that's that's good for me. If you are a iPhone iPad user. I'm going to say you're probably your easiest pathway is to just go to the home kit route because your devices are already custom geared, ready to, to manage those devices for you. If you are a Google Android user to me, that's, that's a Google home environment. That's going to be a little easier for you to work with there. Um, Amazon's is kind of the ubiquitous one. Like, you know, it doesn't really matter what kind of product you're on or what kind of phone you could use it no matter what. Um, So you do have some good options out there for devices, but I agree with you, Brian. I do recommend nowadays, especially if you're going out to get a new device to automate something in your home, just make sure it works with one of those three that you, you yourself have decided you want to kind of use as your hub Yeah, for all this. It will make everything so much easier, easier to control in one place. And you can do a lot more with it. You can actually start to group things together and have thing uh, multiple devices all act the same way based on some grouping you put them in. Yeah, um, it's a lot more fun. Yeah, yeah, and also just the fact that 
you then don't have to stick with a particular brand, right? A lot of people kind of hearing what you said earlier, they may think, oh, well, I need to do one brand on everything so that I make sure it works together. No, you need one potential, one integration across all of them. So you could have something from Wise and you can have something from uh, uh, Nest and you can have something from all these different companies as long as they all integrate with you know, Alexa or Amazon or, or uh, Google. If they integrate with those, then all of a sudden now, as you're saying, they all have their own app. I think that's one of the things too that gets confusing is you probably have to set it up initially with its own app just to make sure it gets registered. But after you do that once, you probably don't have to go back to that app much more once you've integrated it into the Google Home app or or HomeKit, something like that. So, so I agree. That's a really important think, thing because you'll get really frustrated if you don't. I think the two things that make home automation what it is today, one is pretty obvious. It's the internet. I mean, if you did not have the internet, you're not going to reap a lot of benefits from the, these enhanced home automation things we're talking about compared to 20 years ago. But then two is integration into a common service and hub. That to me is still what really sets it all apart right now. Yeah. And uh, so I think that's a consideration to make, you know, so if you, if you, let's say you're, you're in the market to go out and get your first smart um, outlet, you know, you're going to get an outlet that you can control by Wi-Fi or you can control by voice and you go and you find one and it's got a label on the back that says it works with Amazon, the Alexa service. And that's the only one. And you've never dealt with Amazon before. You don't have any Amazon devices. You can still do it, but just know that you're now starting to tiptoe down the path of saying, this is now going to be the system I'm going to invest in. Right. And if you get another device down the road that doesn't work with Amazon, uh, then you're going to be, you're going to have to use multiple different programs and apps and setups to make everything work. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the, probably the biggest thing I would really recommend to everybody is kind of get familiar, find out where your comfort zone is on that, that, that one integration system, uh, that one platform and try to gravitate towards that when you're getting your devices to make sure everything is going to work together really nice. Yeah. And go back to our, one of our earlier episodes or our series where we talked about the, um, digital assistants, right. Where we actually talked about how these can do certain things. This particular series we're doing now on automation and that series, which I can't remember was one of our first couple. It was first Mm -hmm. or second one that we we've, uh, done together. But that one was really talking about those, those, uh, systems and the integration that you can do with those. So I agree if you're, if, especially if you're interested in voice and you're comfortable with using voice for a number of things, then of course you're going to need some way to, to communicate with uh, the service. So, um, so that, that I do want to mention too, Alan, and I talked about earlier, the trigger, right? Trying to figure out what's the trigger on this automation. So do you want to control this automation with your voice? Do you want to just control it with your phone? Do you want to control it with your movement? Do you want to control it with uh, some other action, right? So always be thinking about how is it that I actually want this thing to be controlled because that'll actually help you make your decision too as to whether or not this is a useful. Or do you not want it controlled at all? Meaning I want things to happen at certain times. I want things to happen automatically whenever I walk towards an area or or, uh, just six o'clock. I want yep. this to happen all the time. So right. yeah, you definitely have some options to, to, to choose. I will say all three of those kind of platforms we're talking about, I think seem to be fairly comparable in working with all those different types of interactions that you're describing. Yep. So they're void. They all can have voice control based on the device. They all can, uh, you know, be handled through an app, you know, to meaning control things through your phone app. So that's good. So, I mean, you don't have to really t- pick and choose too much when you decide how you want to control these things. Yeah. It's, it's, really it's, it's, the, it's the next one that matters though, right? It's the, do you want something that happens when movement occurs? Do you want something to happen when some other piece happens? Because that's when we start looking at sensors. And I think that's just an important thing to keep in mind. It's like, all right, with the, with the device, uh, the, the Google home device, right now we can start to extend it, but lots of other pieces of equipment, but each of those equipments generally has some sort of, of sensor. And the sensor is either, it's going to be triggered by something happening or it's triggered by Wi-Fi, a signal being sent to it, you know, one way or another. Um, so, uh, you know, just be thinking about what's the most efficient way of accomplishing whatever that task is that you want to do. 
Um, for me, it's it's voice. You know, I want this to happen when I say let's go to bed, right? I want that to happen because I don't want it to be just when I get out off the couch because that potentially could trigger it at other times. I've got to make sure that voice is really the way I can control that. Um, but that may not be the case for everybody. So there's, there's incredibly cool options out there. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, one of the challenges is of course going to be cost. And I think that's something to of course keep in mind. Um, I, I'm a big believer now that there's enough individual pieces of equipment that all can integrate through one of these services that you don't need to go and buy a a full-on system, you know, going and yeah. saying, hey, I'm going to buy a security system now that comes in and does every single thing for me. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessary. I think, you know, you could, depending on what you're actually wanting, you may be able to pick and choose certain things that actually matter to you and have them integrate more effectively. So, uh, I don't know if you need to be pay- paying for subscriptions on a lot of these devices. A lot of them you can get to handle in without having to pay continuously. Um, yeah, I think of all the home automation things I can think of that would be fairly commonplace. The only one I think that would really include some sort of ongoing fee is if you have a security system that is going to do monitoring service, meaning it's going to call the police if alarm goes off or it's going to do something else that may be a few, you know, five to $10 a month, depending on monitoring services. Right. Most of, most of the ones we're talking about so far, I'm, I'm looking through everything we've said, you know, is just, you buy the equipment. I mean, you purchase the equipment, you purchase the device, whatever it may be, you know, home kit, Google home, the uh, Amazon platform, they're free to use. I mean, they're already built into your devices or, or easy to build into your devices. So, you're looking at upfront cost of buying these sensors, equipment, and pieces that you want. Um, maybe having some ongoing subscription fees, but again, I, I think that's, I think that's just in certain services. I, I can't think right now of any that I pay for ongoing home automation service. No, I don't. I don't pay for any, and I won't pay for any actually, unless unless yeah. there's some really, you know crazy, uh, crazy cool thing that, you know, I can't do myself. Right. But nowadays you can manipulate all these things in many ways. What I'm trying to say is don't go and pay a service fee unless you've really kind of, you know, figured out that that's something that you can't do on your own or you can't have someone help you do on your own. Because, uh, I know that there's a number of them out there that will charge a service for keeping your, you know, your system up to date or giving you new programs every once in a while that are going to be things you just don't need. So, um, so it feels like, you know, we're saying, figure out what it is that you're trying to gain out of it. Make sure you determine whether it's something that is going to be easy for you to set up and, and is it going to, is it going to cost you a lot of maintenance? You know, there's some of these things that you'll have to continuously go back and update, or is it something you want to put in place once and you want it to just work the same way? Um, and how do you want to how do you want to work with this thing? How do you want to interact with it? You know, how do you want the the uh, particular automation to occur? What's the trigger? What's the response? Uh, how can we get that to happen? And then, what system are you going to try to to buy into? And if you can try to get them all on the same system, you know, that all work with the same system, it certainly makes your life a lot easier. So, um, well, I know we've been talking more kind of in theory and philosophical or. In- more general approach when it comes to home automation. I know we are going to have three deep dive episodes following this one where we are going to dig a little deeper into some more specifics. Uh, We're going to be talking in kind of those terms of those three topic areas you mentioned, Brian, earlier, categories that kind of home automation can fall into. We'll do a deep dive episode on the idea of convenience and efficiency. So that's really talking specifically about some things you can do to make things more efficient in your life to kind of automate those routines or repetitive tasks you want to get rid of. Um, we're going to do a deep dive episode on the overall idea of security, like home security systems or just security devices to keep you, your family, your possessions all safe. And then we're also going to spend time talking on the third one about safety precautions or I guess more warnings, notifications, monitoring of, of things just that we always kind of know what's happening with our home or with other elements uh, uh, that we own and making sure that we're notified if something goes wrong and we'll talk through some options on those as well. So, yep. Yep. yeah, I, so think- be good. I, I love talking home automation, Brian. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to the next few episodes. 
but um, I do want to roll us into kind of what is the, the mainstay of the show. I think it's really what everybody just kind of skips ahead through us droning on for the last 40 minutes talking about a topic to get to this part of the show. And this is where you and I give our brothers and tech suggestion our bits for the episode, a product website, um, gadget, uh, mobile app, whatever it may be, something that we want to recommend as it relates to the topic we're discussing today. So, um, Brian, would you like to go first on your bits? Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. So my bit um, for this episode is uh, the thermostat that I use, um, uh, the Nest thermostat, which I know most people have heard of. They've been around for a while. They've kind of been the, I would say they're probably the most well-known of the thermostats um, uh, that are uh, kind of automated therm- uh, thermostats. And, yeah. um, you know, we've had ours for I don't know, maybe five years, I'm guessing, something like that. Uh, so we have one of the earlier versions. Um, but uh, what I love about what I love about this, as well as some other thermostats, having the ability to uh, to to turn something over to someone who has a little bit more um, uh, kind of an eye to efficiency than I do. Right. I mean, I I don't want all day long to try to figure out what's the ideal temperature in the house for me to save money and for me to save energy and for me to be comfortable. I don't want to have to continue to do that. Most of us do to say, okay, you know, at this time of day, this happens. And at this time of day, this happens. Mm-hmm. But what I love about the, the Nest um, is that, you know, it's a learning thermostat, meaning that it'll get used to what it is that you do. And it'll start making adjustments based on what you're doing. So it's going to try not to waste energy. Um, So ours, you know, we initially set it up with the schedule and said, all right, you know, for the first week or so, we were going and manually changing it and saying, oh, you know, now it's time for bed. We're going to change it down to this. And then it starts to learn that, hey, we noticed you left, right? We know when you leave the house because it's got some connections to be able to know when you're not there anymore. And now it says, oh, cool, we're going to turn the... You know, we're going to turn the heat down so that it's not um, wasting energy while you're gone. Uh, it's also recognizing that there's certain times of the day that it's better just to run the fan, not to run the heat, you know, not to actually kick things on. Um, and then it tracks also. It's just kind of nice to be able to see over the last week, did I save energy from the week before, you know, or did I to do uh, waste any more energy? Uh, obviously, anytime you have something connected to Wi-Fi or connected to the Internet, it just gives you a lot more options, right? Mm-hmm. Like if the Nest thermostat knows by checking the, the internet that it's rainy today and it's really cold outside, then it's going to adjust what needs to happen inside because it shouldn't have to continue to work as hard, you know, inside if the, the you know, the air is going to be cooler outside or it might have to, to change the way it's going to approach uh, the, the way things are running. So I like the idea of it kind of, learning and trying to save me money. The other thing I'll just mention really quickly is super helpful. And I don't know if this is happening where you are, Alan, but um, in our energy company will connect to our nest and lets us sign up for a program. So we sign up for a program that says, Hey, listen, whenever a lot of energy is being used in our, in our area, in the Portland area, if it's, they call it the rush hours, right? So it says, Hey, by the way, we're going to have a rush hour this afternoon because it's supposed to be hot in the summer. So we're actually going to change your thermostat if you'll let us not to use as much energy for your AC. Um, and if you allow us to do that throughout the summer, we'll give you $50 credit on your, you know, your uh, electric bill. So it's just kind of a nice way that, you know, you feel like you're doing something good. And those are options and abilities that you have um, that you wouldn't have if it wasn't connected to the Internet. So I, I like the Nest. It's expensive. Uh, it's right now it's 250 for the learning thermostat, but there is kind of the cheaper version. I think is maybe in the 150 range that um, has most of the same features, but it doesn't quite do as much uh, automation. So uh, sure. I like the I like the Nest. I think it's uh, you know it's expensive, but it does it feels to me like it's something that lasts a good uh, a good while and also will continue to adapt. Again, the beauty of something on the internet is it means it can update, it can get new features along the way. So I think it's a good one. All right. Well, that's, that's nice, Brian. That's a good pick, but um, uh, I'm going to tell you you're wrong mm-hmm. because I have a dueling thermostat pick, uh, a one that I'm using 
that I'm going to argue more in favor of, and that is the Ecobee, and more specifically the Ecobee 4, which is not their newest one. They do have one that is technically called their smart thermostat now, which uh, I, I haven't really gotten into. I think it's relatively new, but Ecobee 4, fourth version was the one that was around before this new one just came out. And you can actually get uh, factory refurbished Ecobee 4s now for about $190. So it's a pretty decent price for what it does. Um, I went with the Ecobee for a couple of reasons. I'm not saying anything bad about the Nest. I actually looked at the Nest and I think it's, it's a really great platform. I love the look of the thermostats on the Nest. Yep. Our problem was is that the, lo- the, the location where our thermostat needed to be was not going to be clearly in line of sight of our typical coming in the house, coming, going out of the house. It just, my concern was the whole learning aspect is that if, 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 if if it couldn't really see us coming and going on a regular basis, there's like a wall that like it kind of curves around Mm -hmm. and that's where the thermostat is. So it doesn't have clear line of sight a lot of time of our movements. It was the concern of, is it really going to learn our habits if you can't really see us um, on a regular basis. The other factor for me is, again, as I mentioned before, I've kind of bought all in on the Apple HomeKit as our key system. And at the time, and I think that's maybe still the case, the Nest does require a some sort of adapter hub or some sort of piece to make it work natively with HomeKit. Is that still the case, Brian? Do you know that? I, I do not know. We don't we okay. don't tend to use HomeKit at all. So use, it, use, it with, use it with Amazon stuff, yeah, right? Correct. Okay. I know it works with Amazon and Google right out of the box, but yep. I do not think it works right with HomeKit unless you get a special adapter to put on your network, which I was not interested in doing. Mm-hmm. Ecobee will work with HomeKit, Apple HomeKit right out of the box. Yeah, Ecobee 4 is not as automatic. It's not going to completely just handle every aspect for you uh, by itself, but it does pretty good. You give it your ranges of temperatures. Um, you can set different uh, vacation times really quickly and easily. Like if you're going to be away from the house for a certain amount of time, it's really easy to go in and just make a slight adjustments here and there. Um, it is doing some learning. They just rolled out a program called their eco plus, which you can enroll in, which will do a lot more monitoring of your habits and try to help adjust your, your air and heat use to, to maximize your dollars. Uh, and it also allows us to tap into our, our utility provider yeah. if we wish to take part in a program there as well to uh, have it, you know, um, regulate a little bit from time to time at certain, uh, certain peak intervals uh, in exchange for a little bit of a discount. So I like the Ecobee 4. I do think the Nest looks cooler and I do love the learning aspect of the Nest. But yep. if that doesn't seem like something that's a fit for you, the whole learning, you want some more consistency. You say, look, I want, I really want to make sure about this time this happens and I want it to kind of change back at this time. The Ecobee is really great and it's also a little less expensive too. So I like it a lot. So, yeah. Okay. So that's, that's okay, Alan. I mean, that's good. You know, I'll let you, I'll let you throw out that one as a, as a second choice and a second option. Now, I just want to confirm, right? You said that you can buy refurbished ones, which means there were several of them that probably got sent back because people didn't like them and, or they had problems and they had to fix them. Is that what you're saying? That there's a lot of those out there? I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm, uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. I'm I was kidding. just looking for a deal, man. I was looking for a deal. It's like 40 bucks cheaper. Both for, uh, for refurbished. And, but no, I, well, our parents, our parents, I set theirs up uh, for the yeah. Ecobee, and I think it's great. And I love the idea that actually it has uh, Alexa built into it. So yeah. if you have that system, you can actually speak to the Nest, so it becomes your own dot, um, oh, which is kind of cool. One more thing I forgot with the Ecobee, which I don't know if the Nest does this or if you have to buy it separately. The Ecobee comes with um, a, a remote sensor. Yeah, so that's, that's the idea of a little tiny device that you can just set It's battery operated. You set it in another part of the house that you feel like maybe the temperature might be different yep. uh, throughout the day and it will register both temperatures on the thermostat. So I can see the temperature of where the main base is and I can see the temperature at another location and you can say, I want it to kind of balance the temperature so that if I say 72 degrees, if the other side of the house typically is warmer and this side of the house is cooler then it's going to try to average the two to give me the best temperature that's going to meet yeah. the most needs. So I really do like that too, because we have a basement that's always colder than the rest of the houses, as you would typically think. 
And at least that way we can see what the temperature is downstairs without, you know, having to have a separate unit down there. So, yeah, no, I think that's a really important point. Nest does not have that without buying extra pieces. Gotcha. So if you have a house that's multiple levels and you only have one heating and AC unit to try to help work with those multiple levels, you know, our parents have their thermostat is as you go down toward the basement. So it's always registering colder than it really is. So therefore, it's going to heat more, and which means the top floor is getting, you know, roasting. So them choosing the Ecobee allowed them to put the the sensor up top, and now it kind of regulates things a little clearer. So yeah, that's a really smart move. So yeah, it's great. And uh, uh, little pro tip there: we we have a two thermostat system in our house, so we got two Ecobees, one at each thermostat. Each thermostat comes with a remote sensor, but you can actually take the remote sensor from another one and pair it with the same thermostat. So we actually, on our main floor, we have two remote sensors for that thermostat, one for the basement, one for the other side of the house. Uh, and that works out great. So anyway, you can, you can add multiple remote sensors to any one thermostat, which is nice. Yeah. Um, I, they're both great. They're, they're both great products. They really are. I think the difference for me is, is what I've seen to read the most is the nest is really where you want to be able to turn it on and let it learn and kind of self-operate. You may want to go in and do some more tweaking and adjusting and modifying on your own. Both are, both have their valid points and both are good products. So, yeah. And both have, both have options for you to be able to control via voice, which I think is super cool. That's what we do now. You know, I can say wherever I am in the house, I can say, you know, Alexa, what's the thermostat set to? The heat's set to 66. So I then know what the heat is set to, which is kind of nice because I can tell her also to change it. 66. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm kind of warm blooded, so oh, that interesting. Cold yeah. Anyway, well, seventy one guy, man. Seventy one. Yeah, so I'm really, I'm really trying to save save money, Alan. You know, uh, save the environment. Yeah. I'm trying to save the environment. It's what I'm doing. So, and a few dollars. So, yeah. yeah. Comes but, first. Good but no, I think that they're they're both great, and and to me, that's one of the best ways and most effective ways to jump into automation is to go with yeah, the first step. Because mm-hmm. right away there is there is ample data out there that you can save money because oh, yeah. you start to be able to do things. And think of all the times where you leave the house and you know you're gonna be gone for a long time. Just being able to pull up and say, you know what, go to go to away mode, which is going to not run my AC and my my heat while I'm gone. Um, incredibly helpful. You know, oh, no. it could be traveling in the summer. Sometimes we'll be driving away when we're gonna be gone for weeks. And I know that I can control it from that point, which is great. So I, uh, I think I'm sure Nest does the same thing, but Ecobee actually sends me a report every month and says, by the way, we calculated that you probably saved about this much money by letting us have this range of temperatures that we can float within and, and kind of modify, uh, for you. And, uh, it was, it was decent. I mean, it's a 15% change or so on, on my bill. I noticed that after about two months, I think it took about two months for me to start seeing some change on the numbers. So, um, yeah, I agree. It's great. Alan, I just mentioned one last thing, and I know we, we're going to wrap up here, but before you buy one of these, contact mm-hmm. your um, contact your uh, electric company because many of those uh, companies are actually offering huge rebates if you get one of these True. because you end up saving money for them or you save efficiency for them. So check with them first because a lot of times there's a rebate you can get where this is, if not free, certainly discounted quite a bit. So, Well, while we're at it, uh, let me throw in one more point. Um, there's also some trepidation people may have in the whole installing it Hmm. Uh, themselves. It is not as simple as just you pull it out of the box and put it, uh, slap it up on the wall. It actually has to tie in wiring wise into your existing uh, air conditioning uh, home home AC system, and that includes wiring. And uh, granted, I know the Ecobee and I'm, I know the Nest was uh, made it as simple as possible, yeah. but there is still some of that uh, trepidation. I'm sure some people are going to feel of, oh wow, I've got to open up a panel down in my basement or wherever my AC unit is. And I've got to find these three wires and actually connect them into here. Um, you know, I know obviously AC, uh, air conditioning, uh, service groups will come in and can probably help install those. Uh, it may seem a little intimidating, but I'm, I'm here to say it's actually not 
as difficult as it may look when you get into it. So, but just be aware, you do need to check on that. And there are some thermostat locations with older systems that may not be compatible with these smart thermometers either or thermostats. So do you need to do a little research before you go plug down a couple hundred bucks on a smart thermostat and make sure it's going to work with your system. Make sure you're comfortable with the wiring and installation of it uh, and all that. And then like Brian said, check with, your actual utility uh, provider and see if there's any deals or rebates or giveaways they're doing. Cause yeah, I get emails about those every couple of weeks happening with our, our provider. So, yeah. Yep. Good. Cool. All right, we spent a lot of time talking about thermostats just now. So we're, wow. we're obviously big fans. Yep. Yep. Well, that was uh, I think that was a good overview though. Right. I mean, we're talking about, the, the ins and outs of home automation so that we can now dig into the, the weeds a little bit, right? Yeah. Get into the, the specifics. So, so when we get into our deep dives, yeah, we're basically going to kind of hit each of those topics I mentioned. We're going to a little more specifically, we'll talk about some specific actions and features and things you can do in the automation front. And as always, each of our deep dives will also have Brian and I giving a recommendation of an item uh, that we feel like fits that category really well for our brothers in tech suggestion that, that week. So, all right. Sounds good. Home automation. It's fun stuff, Brian. Looking forward to continuing the conversations. So it's going to be good. It's going to be good. All right. Well, Brian, if somebody just kind of hears this overview and wants to start talking to us or asking questions about anything uh, regarding home automation, how can they go about uh, getting a hold of us? Yeah. Well, you can send us an email at info at the mesh.tv. That's info at the mesh.tv. Uh, send us an email or have one of your robots send us an email that tells us how do you use automation? Um, how is it that uh, automation has changed your life? Or are there some do's and don'ts that you have that you'd like to share with uh, the audience? Um, but most importantly, tell us tell us some topics you'd like us to dive into in the future. We're always looking for kind of what's the what's the next area that we're jumping into uh, after this series. So, uh, so let us know what you'd love to, to us to talk about and uh, that we can, uh, we can look for our future topics. So info at the mesh.tv. And just as a reminder too, you're listening to this podcast on the mesh.tv podcast network, a series of podcasts, all free, all available to listen to on any device of your choice where you can pick up podcasting. And uh, we welcome you to come visit us at themesh.tv. That's T-H-E-M-E-S-H.tv to find all the podcasts available there. And all of the podcasts are available both on the website and also on all the major podcast providers, Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher. Uh, and now uh, Amazon has podcasting as well. So all those places you can find this show and many, many others. All right, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode then. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out and talking with us and, and hearing us talk about home automation. We will have some deep dive episodes coming up in the next few weeks, so stay tuned for those. And uh, until then, we'll uh, talk to you later. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.